a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Let's talk, let's talk God's forgiveness this morning. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, I'll be reading from the NIV. It's on the screen. Those of you that prefer a different version, follow along in your favorite version. Amen. It reads like this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, let the church say but. But. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages that he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. I want to use as a subject this morning what we've been talking about in Bible study. I'm glad God forgave me. I'm glad God forgave me. Anybody glad for God's forgiveness this morning? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you once again just just for the opportunity to come into the house and worship you today. We thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your, your love, your rich mercy, as Paul says here in the text. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. And God, as now as I, as I prepare to preach your word, I pray that you will give me a fresh anointing to declare what you have given me to share with your people. May they all be blessed. May we all be blessed. May we all be edified and may you be glorified. If there's anyone here or anyone that's online that is not saved, I pray that the end result would be them re receiving salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So God, we thank you. We love you. We give you all the praise. This is in the name of Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, our redeemer. And let everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm glad God forgave me. Forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let the church say forgiveness. forgiveness. With that word, if, Jesus helps us to understand that forgiveness is a choice that all of us must make at some point. 
or multiple times over the course of our lives. Forgiveness is hard. But the good news is it's not hard for God. It's hard for us, but it's not hard for God. That's why I say it's a hard word. If we, if we are real with ourselves, it is one of those words that we don't like to deal with. But more than being a hard word, it can be a hard action, if you will, to execute. Forgiving someone is often difficult because it makes us vulnerable. It makes us vulnerable because it means letting go. Letting go of something you have been holding on to. Forgiveness may mean I, I have to let go without ever receiving the apology that you owe me. Or someone owes you. Sometimes you might have to forgive without ever receiving what you need from the other person. Oftentimes that means the hurt is still lingering there, but I'm trusting God for, to heal me so I can move forward. Forgiveness can also be viewed as a gift. A gift, I call it a gift because it is, it is our, our gateway to peace. We often say forgiveness is not for them, it is for me. It is for me or us or you so that we can release the baggage. The healing process, the hurt, the trauma that is left over from that sin or that offense that they committed. We are also told to forgive and forget. The forgetting is always harder than the forgiving. Especially when we are really hurt. We've been cheated on. We've been lied to. We've been talked about. Some of us have been betrayed. We've been cussed out, perhaps shot at, and everything else. Now, how can anyone forget that? We don't forget because sometimes, y'all, we become afraid, and then we put a guard up. We are afraid that if we forgive them, they may do it again. I understand, I understand we all have our boundaries in place, but forgiveness doesn't mean we allow people to treat us any kind of way or have a lack of boundaries. Forgiveness is about letting go of the hurt or, or pain and letting go of that need to be proven right, that, that need to get revenge on someone. And lastly, forgiveness doesn't mean you're weak. Sometimes, y'all, we get it in our heads that forgiving people makes us look weak. We have this fixation on preserving a macho image or we want to preserve this image of being rough and tough. I submit to you this morning, this afternoon, that forgiveness actually shows strength and wisdom. Strength and, and strength and wisdom to realize that holding on to some stuff is not healthy for me spiritually and emotionally. Wisdom to move beyond the anger, the bitterness, the resentment that need for revenge, but then actually allowing yourself to go through the process of healing the hurt. Allowing yourself to go on and walk in the peace of God, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the peace that guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. But we also have to learn to forgive ourselves. We don't forgive, our, we don't forgive ourselves for getting into that relationship, for taking that job, for 
not speaking up for ourselves. But if you if you truly want to forgive one another, you must learn to first forgive yourself. It's okay to forgive yourself for making that choice you made because it seemed like a good idea at the time. I've struggled with this over the years, and I'm sure you have. I'm sure you've had those hindsight moments, just like I have, where, where you begin to say, I wish I hadn't done this, or I wish I hadn't done that. Those hindsight moments where you begin to reflect and think to yourself, I wish I had not allowed myself to get tangled up with this person or that person. Those hindsight moments when you begin to wonder, where would my life be if I had gone here instead of there? If I had gone to this school instead of that school? If I had chosen this career or instead of that career? Those hindsight moments take you to a place of regret and they bring up a lack of self-awareness. But they aren't always bad. Beloved, they're not always bad because they remind us that the God, we serve a God who still forgives. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. We serve a God who forgives. Amen. God forgives us even when we struggle to forgive ourselves. The good news this morning is God forgives us and never holds our past against us. God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. That's in Isaiah 43, 25. Reflections aren't always bad because they remind me that, as Paul says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Amen. God who forgives y'all. Those hindsight moments, they also remind me, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. God forgives. God directs our paths. Amen. And sometimes when we lack self-forgiveness or we have those hindsight moments, Micah chapter 7 verse 18 and 19 comes to mind and says, who is a God like you? who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. We serve a God that loves us and forgives us. But then the question becomes, why does God forgive us? He forgives us so that we can, we can go on and live free in him. Uh, uh, being free in God, y'all, is so much more, it's so much better than being right. It's so much more better than uh, getting re revenge. It, it is much better than holding on to, to those emotions that are killing us from the inside out. Forgiveness. God's forgiveness. That's what I want to look at this morning. Why did God choose to forgive you and I? A major question with so many answers. And Paul packed so many of the answers in this text today. Those verses, these verses don't tell the whole gospel, but they do tell a lot of it. And in these 10 verses, Paul, he takes the time to uh, unpack some, some, some topics about sin, death, grace, uh, new birth, and redemption by faith in Christ alone. 
Ephesians chapter 1, he, he took the time to remind the readers that they are, they possess every spiritual blessing from God in Christ. But because of God's love for us in Jesus, we have been predestined. We have been adopted. We have been sanctified, redeemed. I am redeemed. Bought with a price. Forgiven, granted an inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul now, he, he, he takes the time to remind us of the why. Why God forgave us. This new life in Christ that he talks about so much. This is one of the many blessings we have in God. Here's the first thing. God forgives us because of our past condition. Uh, beloved, God forgave you, forgives you, or will forgive you because he is concerned about your past condition. That's past tense, present tense, and future tense. In other words, the way I used to live was bad in the eyes of God. But he forgives us because he doesn't want us to remain in that condition. That's good news today, y'all. He, he forgives us because he doesn't want us to remain in what we were in. That past condition. Paul says in verse 1, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. He goes on to say, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and then following its desires. Like the rest, we were deserving by nature, deserving of wrath. Sounds like God was concerned about our condition. That's good news today, y'all. Yeah. But, but, but let me push that a little bit. Paul describes in this second chapter the condition of those who are unsaved versus those who are saved. These verses serve to remind us that the sinner is dead in trespass, trespasses and sins. These, these Gentile Christians that Paul writes, he gives them a reminder of where they, where they were before salvation. They were in the world. The world, the, the system of the world, it, it keeps people in a constant state of deception. Even in this 21st century, y'all, the world keeps people craving in their appetites for more things of the world. Uh, craving for more things the world has to offer. And then they develop a hunger for the things of the world and have no appetite for the things of God. It then becomes a daily chase. Chasing after stuff and things to satisfy that, that lust and gratify, gratify the flesh, if you will. And if we're not, if we're not uh, careful, y'all, we'll find ourselves unresponsive to this to this way of the world. That unresponsiveness, it, it turns into a whole way of life. It, it, it leaves the sinner trapped in his or her lost condition. The flesh, the mind is all affected by sin. We, we, try, we try all these self-improvement methods. But Paul assures us that the real answer is Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, Self-improvement, self-help, all of that is that's good for what it's worth. But the real answer is Jesus Christ. That, that's the only way to make us right with God. Self-improvement doesn't wash away the sins. That's why the old hymn says, 
What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is exactly what the passage before us describes today. In plain, simple language, Paul tells us that when we were lost in our sins, God intervened to bring salvation to our soul. But notice, notice, notice the way Paul, he lays it out. He says, first he describes what we were before we got saved. What we were. First thing he says is we were dead. That's some hard-hitting language. He says you were dead in your transgression. That hits pretty hard, y'all. It's almost like a gut punch. Like an uppercut. Now, this word dead in the Greek, it means it says it's necros, unresponsive or unable to respond or perform a function. Think about that for a second. So deep in sins and transgressions, so caught up in the world that you really don't know any better. We were dead before we before the Lord Jesus Christ got a hold of us. Not a physical death, but a spiritual death. Paul says we were spiritually dead before we received salvation from the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we were zombies. Zombies, like, like that show Walking Dead. Walking around, going through life with no purpose. Just going through the day-to-day -day formalities. Just, just existing. Existing, not living, not thriving, but just existing. God, what God doesn't want us just to exist. God has so much more for us than just existing on this earth. There is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Jesus lifted up this prayer in John 17. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God wants us to do more than just exist. Yes. 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 But not only were we spiritually dead, Paul says we were disobedient. Disobedient because we followed the ways of the world. We, we chased out the Satan and the, he, Satan, our sinful ways. We followed the world because we were easily influenced by the things of the world. Uh, the things of the world drew us, drew us in. And if we'll be honest, sometimes they still draw us in. Yes. These principalities and powers that, that he talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. Those things, those fleshly desires, things that keep us operating in the flesh as opposed to walking with the spirit yes. or keeping in step with the spirit. Paul goes on to say we were doomed yes. and depraved. Objects of God's wrath. He says in verse 3, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Mm. I find it interesting, y'all, how Paul, he uses these first three verses to paint the picture and draw our attention to the depth of uh, our depravity in order to emphasize how important God's grace and mercy really is. He, he, he sets up the plot and then he reveals the good ending. The bad news is when we were out in the world drowning in sins, we were essentially walking dead. We were spiritually dead. We were disobedient to God and the ways of God. We were doomed and face, getting ready to face God's righteous judgment. That's the bad news. But there is good news this morning. 
the good news is we serve a, a, a but God who can turn things around. We serve a God that can forgive, that forgives us, that loves us, and yeah. our past condition had us on the wrong side of God. But the good news is God cares so much about us, even in our past condition, that yeah. He was still willing to forgive us. Yeah. Do I have a witness this morning? Yeah. Can y'all help me? Are you thankful that we have a God, we serve a God who cares so much about us, yeah. even when we were in our past condition, He was. He was still willing to forgive us. I need y'all to help me preach this thing today. <laughs> Beloved, you are now walking in the grace of God. You're not just existing. You are now spiritually vibrant. You are full of life. And you have renewed purpose. A renewed purpose. And I just want to know this morning... Is there anybody that in the house that can, that can proudly proclaim that when I look back over my life oh, yeah. and, and when I think about where I used to be, I, I'm glad that God loves me yeah. in, spite, in spite of me. Yeah. I'm glad he loves you. Anybody glad that he loves you in spite of you? He, he loves me in spite of all of my mess. He loves me right in the midst of that past condition that we used to be in, God cares about you, beloved. Our, our past condition was bad, but God is good. Amen. He, he cares about us. So number one, he cares about our past condition. This text, y'all, it, it, is, it is full of life this morning. It's full of life and showing us why God forgave or forgives us. Or if you're not saved, will forgive you. Second thing we should understand about God's forgiveness, it happens because of his compassionate character. We are forgiven because God is a compassionate God. We always talk about his wrath, his judgment, but he is also a compassionate God as well. His compassion, his forgiveness, it, it takes us from lifeless to full of life. Did you catch that? It takes us from lifeless, from, from our dead state, our spiritually dead state, to being full of life. Paul says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when, even when we were dead in our transgressions. He says, even when yes, yes. we were dead in transgression, it is by grace, the church say grace. Ooh, it is by grace you have been saved. Yes, he goes on to say that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Beloved, God is the ultimate forgiver. Yes, he, is. Yes, he is the ultimate forgiver. He looks, he looks beyond our past wrongs. He looks beyond our sins and he, he, those, those things, those things that put us with, at odds with him. He looks beyond all that and still forgives us. He rescues us from spiritual grace, our spiritual death through his grace. Through Christ Jesus, he gives us. New life, y'all. That is the ultimate forgiveness. Amen. 
Uh, we, we would call it a spiritual recitation, resuscitation. Because God, it's it almost like he's performing CPR on us. He all, it's almost like he's performing, uh, he's, bringing, he's, he's putting that AD, AD on our chest and just pumping life into us. Amen. Uh, it's, it's like a first responder arriving on the scene and they want to make sure the scene is clear. But suddenly there's a non-responsive or a lifeless patient on the scene. And the next thing they want to do is go into that CPR. Amen. And try to revive the patient. Paul paints the picture of us being dead, lifeless, like an unresponsive patient. He paints a picture of darkness and hopelessness and bondage to the ways of the world. He paints a picture of being held captive to our fleshly desires, the same way he did in Galatians chapter 5. But he, but he shows us God's grace and mercy or life-giving, amen? Life-giving as opposed to lifelessness. We were lifeless, yes. hopeless, but God came to the rescue. Yes. Lifeless, hopeless, spiritually dead, but God sent his only forgotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We went from lifeless, hopeless, to full of life, full of hope, full of God's grace and mercy. And because God showed up, you can tell that old devil to put away the stretcher. You, you can tell the devil to erase that death certificate. You can tell the devil, don't pronounce me dead because God has given me new life. Jesus says in John 10 and 10, 10 the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I, I have come. That they may have life and that they may have it for abundantly. Here's a couple things, y'all. We see God's compassionate character in the text. I want you to know this morning God loves you. He forgives you because He, he loves each of us personally. Collectively, but personally. Think about that for a second. We see God's personal concern for us in verse 4. The NIV says, but because of his great love for us. The New King James says, uses the word, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love for which he loved us. Then we go on to see God, what prompted God's intervention into our lifeless existence is his mercy, his love, his grace and his kindness. Yes. Yes. That's why I love John 3.16 so much. Isn't it? It's a very important verse. You know? It says, for God so loved the world. We see in this text, y'all, the difference between life and death. The difference between a life of turmoil and a life of peace. The difference between a life of sin and sorrow versus a life lived to the glory of God. The difference between salvation and damnation. The difference between heaven and hell. You ought to praise God that he has, that he has a personal interest in you. Amen. You ought to give him praise that he has a personal interest in, in you. Amen. So he forgives us because he loves us. But he forgives us also because God sees you as precious. Yes. You are precious in the sight of God. 
Paul mentions the fact that God is rich in mercy. Yeah. This word rich, it means an overabundance. Think about that. God has an overabundance of mercy for you. It, it is without measure. It is unlimited, y'all. That's, that's good. Yeah. God has an overabundant, uh, immeasurable, unlimited amount of mercy for each and every last one of us. Amen. Amen. Jesus, he was even known for his mercy while he walked the earth. We see several instances in the gospel where Jesus was moved with compassion as he tended to those who were helpless in their afflictions and in their sins. And in those, on those occasions, Jesus, he, his, his mercy moved him to reach out in love and do something to alleviate the sufferings of those he felt mercy towards. He does the same thing to us with salvation. He, he, he treats us the same way with this salvation. It is because of uh, his salvation that we're no longer in this deadly state in the world. Amen. It was because of his salvation, because of grace and mercy. When we were in the depths of our sins, we deserved nothing but his wrath and damnation. That's what Paul says. He had, he had no reason to reach out to us and redeem us. But, but as the old song says, he looked beyond our faults and saw my needs. Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So his compassion is love. He's rich in grace and mercy. He's rich in mercy. But God's forgiveness is also what I would call very profound. I call it profound because even when we are dead in our transgressions, in other words, beloved, God did not wait until you improved your condition. God did not wait until you were reformed. He, he did not wait until you got your stuff together. You know how we say, I got to get my mess together. God didn't wait on all that. He's not waiting on that. God loves you. He, he intervened in your life while you were still dead in sin. Amen. I just want to tell you, we serve at in spite of God. He loves us in spite of our mess. He loves us in spite of what we're going through. Amen? That's good news. It's profound that God chooses to love us. It's amazing, y'all. It's amazing that even in my mess, God still loves me. And because of that, y'all, I'm going to praise his name forever. I'm going to give him praise. I'm, I'm going to praise his name simply because he intervenes in our lives and, and, and changes us and saves us by his grace. I praise his name. I'm grateful because of his great love. I'm, I'm grateful because he's rich in mercy. Anybody grateful this morning? I'm grateful because, I'm grateful because of his grace. Amen. Grateful because of his kindness. He was concerned about our past condition. He is compassionate in his character. Last thing I want you to understand today, and I love it, God forgives us because he is committed to your future. Committed to your future. God's forgiveness reveals his intentions. That's what I like to think. God's forgiveness, it serves to reveal his true intentions. In other words, he is 
committed to your future. He, he reached out and intervened into your spiritually lifeless situation and gave you new life. But it doesn't stop there. He has divine intentions for your life. What I love about this text, y'all, it is it reflects on the past and then gives a picture of the future. I love that. Paul, Paul gives us what used to be to what will be or what, what is yet to come. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. But verse 10, for we are God's handiwork. The King James says his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God forgives, forgave, will forgive because he is committed to your future. God didn't let you stay dead or perish in transgressions and sins. But instead, he gifted you with eternal life. And the reason why he gifted you with eternal life, not only for salvation, but he wants you to go on and do greater works. He knew his plans for you in advance. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans, plans to give you a hope and a future. I don't know if you showed up today confused about it, but God is committed to your future. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter if you're just getting started. God is committed to your future. Verse 8 makes it plain and simple for you. It is by grace you have been saved. His grace is unmerited favor. And it shows the commitment to our future. Instead of his, his wrath, he showed us, he gave us his grace. That reveals his commitment to our future. By grace you have been saved. Uh, in other words, nothing I could have done would have saved me, but only by His grace. His grace shows His commitment to our future. Then Paul says it's, it's through faith. Through faith, it means faith is my submission to His plan. Faith is my submission to His will and His purpose for me. Faith is simply saying, God, I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, and I believe in your plans. Paul says, through faith, when you, when, you, when you do it through faith, you are submitting to God. Through faith, I, was, I, I confessed that I was helpless. I was hopeless. I was spiritually dead. Through faith, I, I, I admit that I once was lost, but now I'm found. was blind, but now I see when, 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 we, when we understand the magnitude and the importance of his grace, you know, combined with the submission of my faith or our faith, then we can go on and do these good works that Paul is talking about. Let me put it to you like this. In other words, forgiveness turns into fruitfulness. When forgiveness, there's forgiveness, there's faithfulness, and then there is 
fruitfulness, when I'm grateful for God's forgiveness, fruitfulness becomes the product of God's forgiveness. Good works are the fruit. We don't, don't take God's forgiveness lightly. Don't take salvation lightly. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. The works I've done didn't save me. But the works we do in the future should be a reflection of gratefulness. Did you hear me? The works we do in the future should be a reflection of gratefulness. In other words, I don't mind serving. Because I know how good God has been to me. Amen. I don't mind uh, standing on the door because I know how good God has been to me. Amen. I don't mind standing in the choir stand with a microphone because I know how good God has been to me. Amen. I don't mind going out into the community and serving the needy and the least of these because I know how good God has been to me. Amen. I don't mind going to Walmart and having prayer with somebody because I know God has forgiven me. I don't mind uh, getting on the phone and praying with the sick. I don't mind going to the hospital and visiting the sick. I don't mind making house calls because I know just how good God has been to me. Paul says, creating in Christ Jesus to do good works. So when we're grateful for God's forgiveness and this new life, we cannot help but express it in good works. We don't even have to argue specifics. But good works are those things which bring glory and honor to God. While at the same time having an impact on people and the world. Amen. Amen. This is what God desires us to do. Amen. He, he, I'm done. He cared about your past condition. That's good news. He, he is compassionate in his character. That's good news. He is committed to your future. That's good news. And when you think about all that, y'all, that's, that's enough to shout about. That's enough to shout about. And when we talk about forgiveness, God is the ultimate forgiver. Amen. God demonstrates what it truly means to forgive. Is anybody glad that God forgave you this morning? You are, if you're glad about it, you ought to simply say, thank you, God. And if, if you're here today and you, you haven't confessed the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of God is still available. Amen. And as I close this passage, this same passage in the New King James that I mentioned earlier, it simply says, but God. The question then becomes, is there anybody in the house with a but God praise? Does anybody have a but God praise on their lips? Amen. Because the reality of it is the but changes the whole situation. Amen. Is anybody glad that life before Jesus wasn't the end of your story? If you're glad and you're thankful for God's forgiveness and grace and mercy, you ought to give him your best praise. I, I, was, I was lost in sin, but God, 
I was trapped in darkness. Lord God. I, I was separated from God, but eligible for his wrath. But God. I was, I was spiritually dead. You see, it prayed and do what somebody say, but God. Beloved, God forgives you because he loves you. And he considers you worthy of his love. His grace and mercy. His, his forgiveness is something we should all be thankful for. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged. Our, our sins are forgiven. Our future is secured in heaven. He looked beyond our faults. And he saw all of our needs. Amen. God loves you. Forgive. Forgive. Come on, give God praise for us. A moment of power. It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.